Hello, and welcome to the Alt Left. Welcome back, everyone, to episode 77 of the Alt Left. Here in the darkest timeline, we're going to talk about happy shit. I'm just kidding. The world is on fire and everything's terrible. And helping me dance around the flames is uh, I'm Chris and is my good friend, Matthew Jumbo Johnson. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. And the good Reverend Dr. K is here. Good evening, everyone. Uh, But we have some special guests. Uh, First of all, um, we have Heather Schmidt from Schmidt Talks joining us. She's a political commentator and knows her shit. Thanks for having me. She knows her Schmidt. Sorry. She knows her (laughs) Schmidt. You're never up Schmidt Creek when you're talking to Heather. Uh, And also we have with us uh, Pat from Trickle Down Socialism, uh, another uh, intellectual powerhouse joining us. Welcome, sir. Thanks. That's That's a little bit steep there, that description, but I appreciate it, Chris. Always fun to talk to you. Absolutely. So, so everything's awful, right? Um, yep. Everything sucks and life is horrible and uh, let's go crawl in a cave and die. Um, but that's really broad, right? I mean, obviously everything's terrible. We have a terrible Supreme Court. Uh, there's still a pending world war going on. Uh, inflation is insane. There's, you know, Nazis around. Uh, everything's awful. So we're going to have to narrow it down to an awful thing. And uh, we did skip last week for our own emotional well-being and yours because you <laughs> were already probably zero bombarded. time to even recover from it. Like we got one bad thing and then the yeah. Supreme Court was just like, oh, you want some time to rest? No, here's a bunch of other horrible shit we're going to do. Yep. <laughs> Uh, but so we, we really need to talk about the Supreme Court, especially uh, the Roe v. Wade decision and the Supreme Court's badness in general. As you know, for anyone who has been living under a rock or is Amish, I don't know how you're getting this podcast, but if you are somehow, <laughs> if, if you happen to be on Rumspringer this week and uh, you've turned into the alt left, uh, yes, the Supreme Court has decided that uh, a woman's right to body autonomy is no longer a protected right. And that a woman's right to determine what happens to her own body should be determined by the state she lives in, not herself or her personal decisions, thus making women second class citizens legally, which they always have been. But they've now codified it into law that uh, women actually have less body autonomy than anyone else. Well, but hold on, Chris. Hold on, because I hear there's a solution. Every Democrat I've seen has just said if we vote harder and give them money, they'll fix the thing that they've had 50 years to codify in the first place. That, that's, I have that's a solution, that- right? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard if I, if I give Nancy Pelosi $15 and just keep voting blue harder, uh, that eventually they'll do what they've promised to do for 50 years. Oh, man. And I, here I was worried. Okay, guys, podcast over. Let's go home. We got the solution. Yeah, all right. Well, this has been great. So anyway, please catch Heather and Pat online. They've been terrific guests. Thank you, guys. <laughs> so someone posted one of the one of Nancy Pelosi's fundraising emails. And my first thought was like, this, this lady needs to sell some of the stock that she bought through insider trading before anyone – gives her money ever again. Like she's sitting on millions of dollars. She's the way she invests, she outperforms market average by like untold measures that, you know, stock experts. It's almost like she has a hand in knowing what the market's going to do. It's almost like she has some insider information. You know, what's so insulting about it too, is that she sends these fundraising emails out, but then she's out campaigning for anti-choice Democrats. Like yeah. literally 
literally as the ruling was coming down, she was sending out these text messages while she and Jim Clyburn were flying to, I think it was Texas, Mm -hmm. to to attend a campaign event for their primary for for someone who was pro-life. And it's like, how can you be such a fucking hypocrite? And 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 I've met her daughter, Christine, and it's like there's just no accountability with any of them. You know, Um, nobody ever calls them out on these hypocrisies. Right. And what what are they doing in the end? Nothing. They're out campaigning for anti-choice candidates while at the same time fundraising off of people's suffering. I mean, this is causing suffering and it and it will continue to. So well, and it just goes to show that this has nothing to do with gender or politics or political affiliation, that this is class struggle. Yeah. The reason why Nancy Pelosi and women in the Democratic Party who should absolutely be giving a shit about the body autonomy of their constituents don't. The reason why they don't is because they are of the higher class. This is class struggle over and over. These are wealthy, powerful politicians, and the actual issues do not matter. What matters is oppressing the poor. Well, I just wanted to point out, too, it's not just Nancy Pelosi. In this whole week, Biden's really come out there and been like, we got to stop this. This is horrible. And then in the back end, struck a deal with Mitch McConnell that he would endorse a a pro-life judge. Like this. And this is what blows me away. And again, I I posted on this on Twitter, but this is supposedly the most progressive president we have ever gotten. And while he's trying now to campaign off of this horrible, horrible event, is now making backroom deals with Mitch McConnell in order to to put more pro. Like the thing that literally caused all this, Biden is doing more of it. No one believes that 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 that. that oh, oh God! No one believes that. They're the same fucking person, honestly. But no one believes that that Biden is the most progressive president ever. Like it's been a scare tactic by the right and biden has tried to sell him as this but like hey remember when i worked with that black guy you liked that makes me the most progressive guy oh uh, i have tokenly lifted up two women of color and therefore i am by damaging any fucking any possible you know idea that they actually achieve these positions on their own merit i'm going to take credit for the advancement of two women of color and that somehow makes him progressive and I know you're well, not suggesting that. that. I'm just, yeah. No, no, liberals think that. Well, no, absolutely. To be honest, to be honest, the Katanji Brown Jackson appointment would be big if the Supreme Court had not completely discredited itself over the last month. Like, right. it's now it's now like a meaningless institution. It's worse than yep. that. It's like you know, it's building it's building fascism is what it's doing. So okay, to get a little bit into the the history of it though, it's like the Supreme Court was actually supposed to be powerless. Like. That's the thing. It's like a lot of people don't realize that when the Constitution was written, the Supreme Court was never meant to be an equal branch of government. The Supreme Court was meant to be a small piece of the federal judiciary, which was an, a co-branch of government. The Supreme Court was meant, like the first rulings they ever did were like land disputes and tax issues. And like like they, they literally were just like uh, the federal, the Third Circuit couldn't figure out a solution. So you guys fucking make a decision. Like, And it was over a petty little shit like someone stole someone's cow it was ridiculous and the supreme court actually it wasn't until the 1800s that the supreme court didn't even have any power they had none they never interpreted the constitution they never got to change strike down create any laws whatsoever that power belonged to the legislative branch it was always supposed to that was supposed to be the 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 supreme branch of government was congress 
And then John Marshall, who, who was the, the the chief justice, who's who's credited with, uh, and, and Pat, back me up where I'm wrong on these facts. It's been a while since I took constitutional history, but it was I feel it was, it was John Marshall. It was Mayberry versus Madison. That's the big yeah. case, right? Yeah. Um, and, and basically, Mayberry versus Madison was this 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 dispute between God. It was, it was John Adams and Madison, right? Wasn't it, Pat? Yeah, I believe yeah, John so. Adams I'm and Madison. Back checking it right now. And I, yeah, I think it was uh, the was, you know it was it was Jefferson's. Uh, yeah, John Adams was the incoming president, right? Um, and Adams lost the election to Jefferson, and so he made a bunch of like lame duck federal judge appointments, and they didn't all get delivered in time because back then there was no fucking internet. Like someone on a horse had to go deliver this shit. Uh, once Jefferson took over, he didn't want to issue these like ten thousand appointments this guy made. Saying like, no, this is bullshit. He just did this to the last second. I'm not going to honor them. And so it went all the way to the Supreme Court. And basically, that's where you get John Marshall basically acknowledging like, yes, it is illegal to not give these guys their appointments because the president appointed them. But basically also saying that they didn't have uh, that the law was against the Constitution to allow it. And so therefore, it never should have happened in the first place. And this sounds really weird. And convoluted and who gives a shit. But what you're seeing is for the first time ever, that's the Supreme Court saying this law that Congress put through will not be allowed and struck it down. And that's huge. And and that has kind of always been shown is that John Marshall's the one who made the Supreme Court the law of the land. People, I was having a conversation today where someone's like, oh, could the Republic really just feel like Republics are fragile? And yeah, had everyone not gone along with this, it wouldn't have happened. I mean, the Supreme Court also struck down the Trail of Tears, you know, right. and, uh, and and the worst president in American history is not Ronald Reagan. It's not Donald Trump. But the worst president in history was Andrew Jackson, hands yeah. down, right? Yeah. And he put the Trail of Tears. The, the Supreme Court said, no, you cannot do this. You cannot you cannot violate treaties and dislodge these sovereign nations and force them on a death march. And Jackson is quoted, and this, is a, this quote is up for debate as to whether or not he actually said it. Uh, there's no primary source for it. There's reliable sources say he didn't. Some say he didn't. But his actions still followed through that basically his quote is, the Supreme Court has made their decision. Let's see them try and enforce it. And then he marched the army down to Georgia and forcibly removed the natives after the Supreme Court said he could. So, like, all it takes to stop the Supreme Court is everyone saying, no, <laughs> fuck off, because they're just a few people in robes. There are a couple of geezers in robes. That's all it is. Um, but ever since John Marshall, the Supreme Court has been labeled as this almighty force. Um, and we need to recognize that people are like, oh, this, the founding fathers wanted this. No, they actually did. They did not want a handful of elites running the country. I think the problem, though, is that you have no one with any will to stand up and say no. You know, who who's... Who's going to do that? Is Joe Biden going to do that? Fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> None of them well, are going to do that. How would you no even one. do that now? Like, I understand how they did it yeah. back when, you know, early, early uh, times of our country. But how would you do that now? How would you stand up to the Supreme Court and tell them, no, fuck you. This is what we're going to do anyways. Quite, quite like, easily. You issue an executive order making that a right. And then you literally march the army to enforce it. Well, and I, I agree with that. But what I'm saying is like, th- no one's going to do that. Yeah. Joe Biden sure as fuck isn't. Congress is not going to be like, nope, we're going to go do this anyway. Like, it's just not going to happen. 
Yeah, but usually you said, how could you? That That's how Brown versus Board of Education was enforced. Is they passed Brown v. Board, ended segregation, the southern states wouldn't know, we're not doing it. The president was like, okay, I'm sending troops. <laughs> you know? But you have, to, you have to have someone, you have to have someone strong. Yeah, he he's just not strong enough. He's just, I no. hate to use the term impotent, but I find most of the things that he does to be flagrantly impotent. He does nothing. He does yeah, not watch him fall want over on that bike. That was an impotent fall, right? But there. I don't even think it's impotence <laughs> because he has no problem sending our entire retirement fund and healthcare fund to Ukraine to go fight a war. Yeah, like, it's not like yeah, yeah. Biden doesn't have lack of the will to send rocket launchers to Nazis. Like right. Biden doesn't have a problem acting politically he has a problem acting politically in the way you wish he would right that is i think the case, needs the, to, the case needs to be made along the lines of like judicial continuity right so you look back to just 2020 and and scotus overturned admitting privileges in uh, in june medical services versus key so basically saying that yep. states, states can't require uh abortion providers to have admitting privileges within a certain radius of, of a hospital right like that's a pretty strong ruling in support of abortion. Yeah, an rights. endorsement of, of Roe right. v. Wade. Right. And they did that twice very recently. So it, yeah. within two years to take this kind of a turn, something's, you know, something strikes, should strike any observer as like, this is radical and this is off off the rails, right? This is a problem that needs to be addressed. So here's the thing. I agree that there's a bit of element of off the rails here, but but this is not a surprise, Right. Republicans have been playing the long game for 50 fucking years. This is the culmination of a two-pronged attack. Mitch McConnell has been leading the political limb of this, this movement for fucking years, getting mm-hmm. judges in, getting people elected, constantly moving farther and farther right. Meanwhile, you've got the, the conservative base who have been kept consistently angry and motivated to keep electing more and more people. And I, again, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but this is part of the reason why I flipped on this whole re- reform versus revolution thing. Because whatever else they are, the right are the revolutionaries. How, when was the last time any leftist did anything like what happened on January 6th? En masse. They don't. Um, the, the few times no, dur- they, during the BLM protests, I heard Antifa burn down 100 million cities. But yeah, the, yeah I know that, and that's the, that's the thing. <laughs> Antifa, who is is not anywhere near as organized as any of these right wing groups. Well, by definition, it's not organized. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Burned a few buildings down in, in random spots, like and, and immediately got picked up in like CIA vans and shit, right? right? right. Like yeah. we knew this, we know this happened. Like it, 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 we found out that it was happening as it was happening. This isn't a secret. And so, any idea of the left culminating around this, not that they would anyway, because the left is usually a bunch of people that just don't want to take any real action other than wearing a pink pussy hat or, and voting. Those are liberals, years. not leftists. Yeah. True. However, I think. On the whole, generally, like, you know, it, it gets dicey, but I count liberals in that pile because we can generally, they will at least say they agree with most of what the left wants. You know what I mean? Like, Joe Biden will go out there and say, yes, you know, I want to end income inequality. And yes, I want to give you guys all, you know, and, you know, uh, student debt and, and all these things that the left wants. So on paper, yes, I count them in with us. Um, the left, true, you're right, is very small comparatively. But 
even then, like we can't, we just can't get ourselves to be as united and organized as the right is. And again, I'm not trying to to suck the dick of conservatives. They're all awful, horrible human beings. And the one thing that Hillary Clinton got right is they are a fucking basket of deplorable human beings. That is absolutely true. The problem is they're a fucking united basket of deplorable human yeah. beings. No, and, and I I hate Mitch McConnell with every fiber of my being, but I have to sit back and admire his genius over the last decade, right? Like the patience, the just like the gamesmanship and his ability to just fill seat after seat after seat with the people he wanted. I, I have to admire that. I mean, like that was he played it well. And I couldn't believe that 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 gamble they took in that last year of Obama's presidency worked out for him. That's the one. It did. That yeah. I could but not that's, believe. that's kind of my point is that there, it was always going to work like it shouldn't be surprising. And here's I think there's two things we have to remember is that first is that, Matt, I disagree with you. Like liberals don't agree on what we want because liberals don't want free universal health care. Liberals don't want cradle to grave education. I don't know Liberals if you can actually don't back that. want I'd... universal basic income. So Liberals want capitalism with happy sprinkles. But but again, so like and again I qualified it by saying on paper and the, what I mean by that is liberals will constantly talk about wanting those things and then vote for people that talk about wanting those things. But they don't but never wait, do wait, it. I- I never hear someone who's an actual like Democrat loving liberal talk about UBI. That is rare. It happens, but it's fucking rare. Liberals, anytime I I want more women billionaires. Again, anytime I engage with liberals, it's that the the, the conversation that I always have, whether it be on Twitter, whether it be on Facebook, whether it be in my own personal life, it always goes like I, I break it down. This is what I want. And they will always say, I want those things, too. Then why don't you vote for these people? Because the Democrats voted and they're not about burning down buildings. And that's usually how it goes down. It always comes yeah. back to Antifa the thing is, they representatives will, that they don't like. Okay, but that is them pacifying you by saying, sure, I agree with you. They are not out there advocating for these things and therefore it doesn't matter like if you say i believe in this and they go oh sure i agree that is not them advocating for it that is them bandwagging because they don't like confrontation if someone is out there actually pushing for if you see them constantly tweeting we need fucking universal free health care for every citizen sure then that is someone who's advocating for us i want open fucking borders but they don't they want more people of color in the border guard and again, they do that. Like, do you look at all the stupid ass <laughs> occupied Democrats memes that get shared by liberals? Oh, God. All God, of them that advocate account. for that oh. shit. Do, do you think occupied Democrats is representative of the left? Fuck no. Fuck, Fuck no. no. They don't. The liberals. But, but they will. Their memes and bullshit constantly say shit just like that. It be, and that's what it becomes. They get brownie points for sharing the stupid ass. Okay, meme. but again, that's a meme game. We're not talking about that. I'm talking about the political action and beliefs of citizens, and that's and we different. Don't disagree on that. I, I qualified my entire statement by drawing uh, a distinction between okay. those two things. Uh, then. The, Yes, but what I'm saying is, then what you're talking about, you're talking about liberals, why aren't we united? Because liberals don't want those things. Liberals will not put action to those things. And liberals are 90% of what is not right-wing in this country. The actual leftists who are willing to advocate for humanity and for equity are a tiny percentage of this nation. And that's why there's no unity. And that's why there never will be. I think it's also, I think it's also not just that they don't, necessarily want those things it's that i think that because i worked for the california democratic party over a decade ago um but what i learned pretty early on is that the differences that 
between the Democratic Party and the GOP is that no one in the Democratic Party actually wants to do anything to get those things. Like they may believe in UBI, like on, like you said, on paper or in principle, or they, they believe in, you know, universal health care, but, but they really just want to go to garden parties, right. And have their Michelle Obama book club meetings. And, and fundraise. Brunch back. That, that's yeah. what Chris always refers to is they just want brunch back. Like that's what it yeah, is. Exactly. They want to go to brunch. Yeah. And so I think, I think that in principle, they, they, they maybe want those things maybe in an abstract way or yeah, it sounds nice, but when it comes down to like actually going out and like, yeah, protesting or, you know, going to a city council meeting and, you know, advocating for something like housing or, or, or for UBI, like a UBI program or, you know, running for office, like locally, the democratic party is not finding anyone to run for office. They are literally where, where I live in Southern California, um, just North of Los Angeles County. They are literally on Facebook right now, begging people to run for any local office and no one will do it. Like we have people that are sitting on city councils that are going to go unchallenged because nobody is interested in even running. No, because democratic politics are garbage. So they don't, yeah, they just don't want to do it. It's about glamour and prestige and it's, it's not there for those types of offices. And that's one thing that the tea party did very well in the first couple of years of Obama's presidency is they filled every goddamn every vacancy seat. they could, yeah. every seat from, from the ground up. And that's where their power is derived from, right? Democrats aren't willing to, to do that. The nitty gritty, the, well, you know, all of the, the, the less glamorous uh, political positions, they're not willing to run. Just like you said, Heather, that's a great point. And let's be real that like losing to stuff like RV Wade is not a bad thing. Like, okay, so this happens, right? What do we have? This has been turned into a giant fundraising and voting campaign again. Like losing this shit for the Democrats isn't bad for them. In fact, losses are great for the Democratic Party. And so that's why they, another reason they don't give a shit. The Democratic Party doesn't care about RVA, just like the Democratic Party didn't care about uh, marriage equality. They didn't fucking care. They were happy for don't ask, don't tell, and to make tiny little things. They were always going to be like, well, at least we're not as bad as those fucking Republicans (laughs) over there. And that's always how it's been until finally gay rights become such a mainstream issue that even some straight people are getting pissed off. Like, oh, never mind. Rainbows everywhere. But that's what it is. Until they're forced, they will not. And they will always use their losses as a fundraising and voting opportunity. So the Democratic Party has no fucking interest in actually doing something to fix this decision because they can use this for the next 10 years as a fundraising tool. Oh, there've got to be a whole lot of advisors and and strategists within the Biden and Pelosi and all those administrations who said, wait, this is a bonus, right? Like they saw Mm -hmm. this as they said, like our, our numbers are in the tank. We've really shot the bed in these first two years, but we can really run with this. Sorry, well, that's ahead. just it. They're celebrating right now because we. what happened three months ago? Three months ago, 
all anyone was talking about is how the Dems are going to get fucking creamed. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they I, I could tell by the way that the media was covering shit. They really hoped that January 6th committee was going to be a boost to them. And while mm-hmm. it is, it's not enough to make them win because Biden is grossly unpopular. And that's part of it. And I don't think this is going to be even be enough because progressives are pissed. I don't think progressives are going to are going to be like, OK, I'll, I'll, I'll stomach it and vote for Biden again. I don't think they are, nor Not are they going to vote for any uh, um, any uh, other liberals in local elections. The Dems are still going to lose. They're going to use this to campaign, but my prediction is that this year they're going to lose and lose big. It's going to be bad, and we may very mm-hmm. well have a Trump DeSantis ticket running in twenty twenty four for twenty twenty four, and I'm pretty sure they're going to win. Chris, you <laughs> and I were calling this back in twenty nineteen when fucking Biden first started running. This we we said it. We said Biden's going to win. He will do nothing, and then right after him, we'll get somebody just as bad or even worse than Trump. Well, he's yeah. doing less than nothing, though. But like, like Heather said, he's making you know deals with McConnell about pro-life judges, and he's also sending all of our fucking money to Ukraine to arm Nazis. Like, yep. stop yeah. it! Just fucking stop! Like, he's and, not, and do something. Again, Fight for us in some way, shape, or form. Show us that you're fighting for us. But why? It's really he, stunning. It's really stunning to watch him say. And I'm going to be announced like the other day he was he was giving some speech about something and he said, and in a few days, I'm going to be announcing another eight hundred billion dollars or he he gaffed at first and he said billion. And then he said, no, 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 sorry, eight hundred million dollars for security assistance and humanitarian aid and i literally just like i screamed and i shut my computer because i just fucking stop right like, yeah. right what the student <laughs> loan the student loan yeah. debt thing is such a no-brainer like you want to win right. in the midterms cancel student loan debt in its yeah. entirety, none yeah. of this bullshit. Ten thousand, cancel all student debt. That and medical be, debt, like, medical debt. Here, yep. If, they, if he did that, I guarantee you, he would win. The Democrats would have a blue wave like they've been wanting, but they won't yeah. fucking do it because, again, I'm going to quote Chris here: Democrats are just conservatives with a coexist bumper sticker. That's all yeah. they fucking are. That's all yep. they and are. Not, not only do they not want to, but let's be real: they would lose a big portion of their donor base. Like, don't get me wrong. Nancy Pelosi wants your fucking $15. Oh, yeah. But she's not Bernie Sanders. That is not the limit of her fundraising. Right. And you donating is icing on the cake. The real money comes from the banking industry, yeah. the loan industry, Wall Street. These estate. financial institutions have a vested mm-hmm. fucking interest in never-ending debt. To forgive student loan debt would guarantee the Democratic loses all Wall Street and banking funding. And they won't. It's just that simple. They just won't. Yeah. And it, they never will. The idea that Biden was ever going to forgive student debt is a fucking pipe dream. It's so exhausting for them to that the student loan thing is exhausting, not to me like personally, but just to watch how they try to like say, "Oh, well we did we did, you know, technically forgive some for people in public service." And it's just like, "No, that's not what you said." <laughs> just give that's not what, what we asked for that's not said. even remotely just, what we asked for yeah it just it's exhausting how they try to fiddle with words and like try to because mani- it's manipulative right mm-hmm. and i feel like that that it's the same way with the way that they are dealing with getting back to roe versus wade and the overturn is like they say like you know okay yeah women's rights oh but no i don't support 
the nuking of the filibuster. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, I'll do anything for women. Oh, but no, I'm not going to expand the court. You know, there. It's like it's actually oh, real quick. <laughs> I got it. I want to pick your brain on that one though, because like I actually don't. I don't know anyone who's not a liberal who's in favor of expanding the courts. And so if you are, that's great. I want to ask you some questions because I think it's a terrible idea Same. and I want someone to prove me wrong. Oh, but my I don't thought- really care. That's the problem. Okay. No, fair <laughs> enough. Okay. You're just talking about a lack argue. of action then. No, no I I'm, can't I'm- really argue. I can't really argue in favor of expanding the court, just like I can't really argue against it. I mean, I just – I, don't I support know. it. I think it's a good idea. And see, I, there you I, go. I'll tell you why. Okay. All right, because- Pat, let's go. You and me, buddy. You want right, to fucking so- go? Step outside. So when they settled on nine justices, it's because at the time there were nine federal, you know, uh, courts of review. I yeah, now we have exactly what, 13 circuits? Yes. Yeah. 13 circuits. Why not match that to the number of justices? Because I the would moment be inf- we do that, Republicans are yeah. going to turn around and add like 18 more. That, yeah, that like- is literally the best reason we can come up with because yep. – Here's the thing. Republicans have been playing this game for 50 years. It doesn't matter. Whenever Dems try to play the Republican game, they lose. We'll get a short-term victory. Republicans will gain power and then stack the deck back in their favor tenfold. That is the reason why I'm not in favor of that. With Democrats across the the U.S., in the demographics we have right now, I I swear that if Democrats started fighting for the working class, we could never see a Republican majority in Congress again. Like they well, yeah, but that would require the Democrats to be the party breed. of the working class. This is right. That would require that, but and that's the FBI's a huge, not going to allow that. That's a huge if. But but if you if you really look at it, like this is a, a, the last gasp of, of a dying breed of people. It, you look at Gen Z and, and try to look for conservative support among Gen Z members of our it's society. Not there, it's not there. That would require them to actually start voting too. Right. Right. Well, what are you talking because about? They, like, Gen Z. Hey, Every single time a block hits voting age, the voting numbers go up. Like this idea that young people don't vote is actually horseshit. They don't vote <laughs> as reliably. It's a it's not a as reliably and consistency as the elder, but that's every yeah. generation, and it has been forever. But like that's that's no different than the, the, what it was eighty years ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look at Sanders' primary numbers, the polling did never match the actual turnout because yeah. of the gap in, in that Gen Z voting block. Yeah, but again, the boomers were the same way. The boomers didn't sure. vote when they were eighteen like they vote now. No, that's right. But I also you know, I mean, and, and that's just that's just part of the human condition is that eighteen-year-olds are poor and they're working and they're not as dedicated to entrenched political issues as old people are. Well, I think you also need to look at you know, what is going to make them apathetic. Like I have an 18 year old and she's also apathetic. She's not really apathetic about voting, but she's apathetic about college. Why? Because she has no hope. I don't see a lot of Gen Z having much feeling like they're really represented in their vote. And I mean, historically, when everyone that they're voting for is four times their age. Yeah. Well, and I, I would also point out, I think to speak to what Kay's talking to, I have, I've seen a couple of like um, Pew Research polls and things like that. I think per capita, there's been a few instances where the younger generation just hasn't matched, but there's also a lot of correlation between their feelings about how much their vote matters versus how much they vote. And as the generations get here, and again, this may be true for all generations, I don't know, but millennials and Gen Z especially have the most 
apathetic view towards voting and how much it actually does to help. And again, I get that. And most of them make up for that by their activism. They're, mo- they're the most active uh, this generation there is. But to go to what Kay was saying, I think that's kind of what he's referencing is while they are the most active politically, they also, I think, do the least voting is I think what, it, if I'm remembering it right, I have to look up the, 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 um, I don't know. The poll that I, I found, I, I th- but I think, I think that's what in Kay's 20, talking about. I think in 30 years, you're going to see that become completely opposite. In 30 years, you will see millennials be the largest voting bloc because they'll be the largest old people population. Yeah. You know, I, it, I, it I agree just, with that, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's a it, it's a perfect it's a perfect fucking you know X Y curve. But I think another thing, like Heather kind of pointed out about this, like apathy for good reason. Like again, like college, yeah, of course, college tuition rates have have skyrocketed compared to income. Um, everyone has a fucking degree now. Uh, I don't know about you two, uh, me, Matt, and Kay, uh, right? Uh, Matt and I both have bachelor's degrees. Neither one of us use them in our current job. And Kay makes all. the most money out of all of us and doesn't have a college education. Like <laughs> this idea that you need to go a billion dollars in debt to is, get anywhere is a, is, is, is a boomer jersey. And sometimes you do. Like, okay, for instance, like Pat has a master's in history and he's a teacher. He's an educator. I have a bachelor's. I'm going for hopefully eventually a double master's in both history and social work to make those part of my career. But right now what I do is wonderful. I love what I do. I do social work now, but it doesn't actually require my bachelor's degree at all. Like, I got that for me and so I could eventually make a stepping stone later. But, like, I could have just never gotten that degree and still had the job and income I have now. Um, and it wasn't always that way. You know, but a college education used to be a novelty. Now it's being sold as a bare necessity. And we're being told that now you have to get this thing that is worth much less and will now drive you six figures in debt. Um, and we have politicians that agree with that. And... You know, this idea of we need them to vote. It's like, vote for who? Like, please tell me the fucking candidate that has anyone in Gen Z's interests in mind. Tell me the candidate who gives a shit about any issues facing the upcoming Gen Z generation. Because it's zero. There's not a single fucking Democrat that gives a good goddamn about anyone between the ages of 16 and 35. There just isn't. They don't fucking exist. The best example is is climate change, right? Like, Lake Mead is half full right now, and Biden just opened up his mouth about opening more drilling permits in Alaska and the Gulf of Mexico. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, because that's the, what we need. The world is on fucking fire. Yeah. And you're talking about more drilling in, in places where we've had significant oil spills in the past. It yep. just makes me sick. I mean, it was Obama and Biden that, that created the Standing Rock crisis where they absolutely refused to. And again, this was this was a no-brainer. Yeah. Like yeah. it's not like Biden had, or it's not like Obama had to. Sorry, they're interfucking changeable because they're both fucking <laughs> war criminals. Well, no, that's not true. Obama's not a race rapist. Biden is also a rapist. But beyond that, they're both bastards, and the two of them could have again no brainer. They didn't have to write legislation. They didn't have to do anything special. All they had to say is, "Oh, there is literally a treaty already in place. We are simply going to direct the DOJ to enforce the treaty." Yeah, to and it would have been over. Instead, they were like. Mm. But there's a lot of banks and oil companies that really want this fucking pipeline. So, you know, sorry. It was such an easy case to make, too, because it was it's such an inefficient way of, of like harvesting oil. It, dirty you know, tar sands. You have to do so much just to get usable oil from it. It's just like it could have been such an easy case to make. Yeah. 
but no, we'd rather shoot at protesters who are protecting their way of life. That's that, you know, they've been practicing for millennia. Yes. And this is the president we have. He was vice president during that time and completely endorsed it. So it's like, yeah, of course he fucking wants to do more drilling and he wants to do more tar sands and he wants to do all this. And of course he wants to ship billions to go arm Nazis in a foreign war that doesn't consume. It's like, of course, like, and you know what? I hate to side with, uh, with right wingers, but it's like, yeah, Obviously, Biden is corrupted by Ukrainian money and politics. There is a reason why Hunter Biden, his loser son, was suddenly on the board of directors of a fucking Ukrainian oil company for the same reason that, of course, the Trump kids were involved in fucking Russian real estate. Yeah, no shit. Ukraine and Russia are literally in a cold war over which party they can buy. And Biden's part of it, too. They're all fucking part of it. And so it's like. Yeah, this, this, uh, you know, no, millennials and Gen Z will eventually become the dominant voting parties in 30 years. But even so, like, who cares? How, what are we voting our way out of on this? Because any per- candidate, any political party or candidate who could make a difference will be assassinated. End of fucking story. There's a reason why there's not a Martin Luther King party. There's a reason there's not a Fred Hampton party. Like, there's a reason these don't happen because anybody who actually starts causing social change for the working class is murdered. That's what happens. So all we have left is the Democratic Party. And you want me to fucking vote for that? You want me to vote for (laughs) drone assassination, Guantanamo Bay having, Native American shooting for oil drilling, fucking White House raping, Ukraine Nazi arming fucking Democratic Party? You want me to fucking vote for the bitch in high heels kneeling in fucking African garb thinking she's doing something about police violence while she's manipulating the stock market and using the fact that women have had their body autonomy stolen as a fucking yard sale? Go fuck yourself, Democratic Party. Well, I will die Chris, before I Chris, vote Chris, for that. No, you don't understand, Chris. They aren't Republicans. <laughs> oh, never mind. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, Fifteen dollars. Yeah. What's the what's the address? I, I'll send it right now. <laughs> and that's I'm and with that's, her. I'm with her. Yeah, that's and that's where we've gotten. <laughs> that's literally everything Chris just said is true. And if he didn't preface it by talk, saying who he was talking about, anybody else would have been like, "Oh, Chris is raging about conservatives right now." Well, yeah, he is conservatives with a D in front of their freaking title. Like yeah. that's all this is, and it's it, that's that's how I've made. Again, speaking to me personally, how I've made this transition because we are past the point of voting ourselves out of this. We're going to have power in 30 years. What does it matter? All the guys that have been fucking us over and turning us into a fascist dictatorship are going to be long dead and gone, and their power is going to be completely entrenched by then. We won't be able to vote. (laughs) Biden is to the right of Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let that sink in. Ronald Reagan was more liberal than Joe Biden. Yeah. So was Nixon. Yeah. Yeah. The Nixon... When I realized that Nixon is to the left of Biden, I like I had to log off the internet for like three days. <laughs> I, I just could not. I was like, "You're just done Jesus, at that point." Jesus fucking Christ! What is going to happen next? Because it's like, wow. And I think that to your point, you're right. You know, I always like I always try to like strike a positive note and and be like, well, you know election reform and campaign finance reform and things could change, but that would rely upon the people that are doing all of this to, to change those things. And they're not going to, you know, and so and I'm no starting in changing them. They have no, because it serves them, you know, it's it absolutely, it pro- they profit from it. So they don't care. And so, so I'm, I'm starting to get to that point of, you know, I don't know if reform is, is, really 
realistic at this point, you know? It's yeah. Again, close your eyes, and 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 I want you to to tell me which political party this candidate comes from. A long history of service and, and military. Uh, they are paid for by military interests and banking interests. They have spent their entire career uh, fighting against any kind of racial integration. Uh, they have made such remarks as saying that school integration would cause uh, urban jungles. They have credible allegations of rape against women. Uh, in fact, so much so that they are publicly known for attacking uh, whistleblowers about sexual harassments when they were trying to take down federal judges. Um, and this person uh, now is arming right-wing Nazis uh, against republics uh, just to increase the funding for the Pentagon, uh, have kept torture prisons, have absolutely kept every single fascist doctrine of racism along the borders intact, have expanded uh, oil drilling, scoff at any kind of health care or uh, debt relief for the poor, um, and, and every single speech with God God bless our troops. Tell me which political party that candidate's from. And that's Joe fucking Biden. And it's like, he's a fucking Republican. And he's that thing. It's he's an old Republican because now the fact that he's not putting out a Zeke Heil and lighting a tiki torch screaming Jews will not replace us is the only way you can tell he's not an actual Republican. Yeah. Well, and you hit on a point that I think is really important there too. We, we kind of glossed over this, but going back to the decision, a big Joe Biden is a big reason why Clarence Thomas was on the Supreme Court in the first place. Yes. Joe Biden attacked Anita Hill when she tried he to lead the attack. Led the attack. Yes, thank you. Um, Anita Hill when she came out about Clarence Thomas's history. Joe Biden helped get Clarence Thomas on the bench. Okay, like you cannot be. It is if you are not looking at this Supreme Court decision getting pissed off at Clarence Thomas and then immediately turning around and getting pissed at Joe Biden, you need to reevaluate your position on politics because they are linked. You cannot support Joe Biden and then say that you hate the decision by Clarence Thomas or or what Clarence Thomas said or did. Did. You can't. They are linked. This is the president we elected because he was supposed to be better than Trump. And here's the thing, I'll give this one to you guys. I agree with people that he wasn't going to be worse than Trump. But guess what? He was. He is. Like, this is worse than what we got with Trump. He has fixed nothing that Trump did except for allowing trans people to die for a country that hates them. That's the one thing in his pocket. And he has done things even worse than Trump. Trump didn't get us into a fucking proxy war. Like, yeah, and it feels dirty that I'm giving an attaboy to Trump. But like this, like if you just look at the facts, pull your stupid political dogma out of it. Look at the facts. Look at policy. Look at what's being done. If you take the D and the R out of it, they're indistinguishable. Well, and to think that that, that Biden's going to morph into some type of fighter for for women's health is is just asinine because when roe v wade first came out he said he thought it went too far and that women should not have the sole right he's been pro-life you know for most of his career he only switched because of political expediency you know it's just to have like he, he met this with a shrug there's no way he didn't do anything but just shrug when this decision came out there's no way he's upset about it. As you you all mentioned before, this is a class issue, right? Anyone with any sort of means can do what they need to do to make sure their, their daughter gets an abortion if they need it. So it doesn't yep. affect them. And it's just, it, there's just no hope that he's going to turn on the jets and actually fight for this, right? It's just... 
Oh, I was just going to say to Pat's point about him being pro-life. You know, I think I, I just can't take anyone seriously that says, oh, well, he's pro-life for him, but pro-choice for others. Like, no, he's, he's fucking pro-life. And, and, and everything that he will not do, I believe is directly a result of that. You, you cannot separate your bias from what you are willing to do and to not do. And I just, I think he doesn't have it in him, you know, Yeah. because he really, he doesn't care in the end. Yeah. And I think an important distinction to make between him and Obama is that that Biden is not very bright. Obama is a smart guy. Biden is not smart. There's not a lot going on upstairs. So these issues are looked at in a very simplistic black and white sense. He's not looking at nuance. He's not digging into data. He's not reading multiple authors on any subject. None of that's happening. He's just going with the flow and, and following the path of least resistance as often as possible. The dude is 80 years old, almost 80 years old. Like, let, let's be real here, okay? By the time he was 60, he was long past the, cha- the time for anything to really change. His stances in life had been made, okay? Probably before that, most likely. Most people, we, we, we've got data on this. You know, there's a certain point at which your ability to change as a person is going to diminish, okay? You're, the older you get, the more entrenched in your ideals you're going to be. In general, yes, there are general, exceptions yeah, to that, yeah, but there's absolutely. also 20 year olds who can't change. But yes, the yeah. mean is what you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. And so, this idea that when he was running, that the Biden we were getting was somehow drastically different than the Biden from the 1980s, it was this is the reason why we were so pissed and against this because it's the most ludicrous thinking possible. But it goes back to Democrats, they just want brunch back, they just wanted that feeling yeah. of normalcy. That they sorry, say it again garden parties, exactly. Garden parties, <laughs> yeah. They, we, While we got, Reagan was the devil, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got four years of the orange Cheeto. And they just wanted a reprieve. And there's Biden talking that good old boy shit and let's unite. This and it was the, the thing that pissed me off. It was it was just a different version of the Obama hope and change bullshit. He didn't say hope and change. He just took those words out of his speeches. But it was the exact same thing. It was a carbon copy. And we saw what happened when we fell for that shit with Obama. We got neither of either. So like, I, I, and, and again, we're right back here where we are. And, and now it's up in the air if he's even going to run. Like I keep hearing back and forth. Even he, I think, is on record of saying there's nothing been decided yet. When he ran the first up. time, he was like, I really don't want to do two terms. Yeah. Yeah. They, they forced him to do it. Like that was the yeah. thing. He it was, was like. He, they, they, they wheeled him out of the retirement home to stop Bernie Sanders. Yep. That was exactly it because the DNC doesn't want to be the party of the left. They are a conservative party. They have been since the 80s, since the Reagan era, and they don't want to move back because it's made them all filthy, fucking stinking rich. There is not a single politician, even AOC and Bernie, they have profited from their positions. They have, there is no legitimate reason they have for changing, even AOC. And again, I like AOC. I think she went into politics for all the right reasons, but she's become as much a part of this broken system as any of them have. I mean, we could give Bernie props for being on the right side of history for most of his life and for fighting. He's got chops, but he's still been trying to change a system that has been fundamentally broken from the beginning. And how far has he gotten? Like he had, like, if you tally up the score, like we haven't gotten anywhere. We're back to where we were in the 50s. 
Fair enough, but Bernie has awoken more people in this country than you can. I yeah, don't think fair you can enough. point to anyone the, who has done yeah. more than he has in the last ten years. I, and I will give him that, like that, and that's where I think I will never not like Bernie and AOC. But I have come to the realization that I think that as politicians, they are ultimately just as ineffectual as the rest of the Dems. And a lot of people make arguments about, well, it's because they don't have the numbers and they don't have this. And okay, maybe I, I don't necessarily agree with that. But at what point do they get up? Do we stop giving them a pass? At what point is it enough progressives in there that we can stop saying, okay, you didn't have the numbers this time, or okay, you gave it up, but you got this in return? Like, at what point do we start demanding more of our politicians? At what point do we start saying, I I elected you to do A, and you're not doing that, you're making compromises to get F? Well, I'm sorry, but Bernie's one of the few that I'll go to the mat defending. And that's because he'll show up in, in meetings when there's a worker grievance issue and he'll fight on behalf of those workers. And he's still doing that. And like that, that's, you know, and again, that's outside of his his role as a as a senator, if you want to look at it technically. So yeah. you're right. You're right in saying that he's very, you know, hasn't been able to accomplish nearly as much as we'd hope within the political arena. But the man is fighting for the working class until the day he dies. Yeah. Now I have a love hate with Bernie. Um, so I, I, I have an issue with Bernie because when it came to the DNC twice now, he was folded like a fucking lawn chair. And that's the problem with Bernie is he's the most progressive liberal I've ever seen in my life. Um, but at the end of the day, he kowtows to the party. He sees the greater good of the Democratic Party over the Republican. And I understand his logic. Again, I, it's not its not that he makes an illogical argument. He's basically saying, look, it's this or the Nazis. And I get it. And I don't hate him for it. But it kills me that he has backed down the way he does because he should have gone the way of Wallace. Because this isn't the first time the Democratic Party has done this. Look up Wallace <laughs> in the 40s. The Democratic Party had a Bernie almost 100 years ago. And they did the exact same thing to him. Um, but on the other hand, I will say that people want to be like, oh, AOC is the new Bernie. No, she's not. In fact, we actually got into an argument with someone on our Twitter where they're like, well, what do you want AOC to do? I'm like, I want her on the fucking holding a torch on the fucking steps of the Supreme Court leading a mass movement. That's what I want AOC to fucking do if she wants my support. Like, And they posted a picture of her and her cute little blazer speaking into a microphone at a, at a, at a, at a, you know, a rally that had police permits. Like, give me a fucking break. Bernie Sanders, we got video of him being dragged off a lawn by cops. You know, for fighting for race equality. You don't see AOC doing that. There's a big tweet today that went around. AOC got her nails done in support of women today, by the way. Look that up on the fucking news. That's the performative activism we get from the squad. Yeah. Like, even Ilian Omar, who's my favorite of all of them, she's amazing. Like, she's the only one who's willing to be like, hey, Palestine exists. But, like, <laughs> even, even she falls short every time. And that's, again, it goes back to the you get in line with the party. Or you'll be shot, or Nancy Pelosi will 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 shove you into the poorhouse. It's one of the two. I just there there is no one I can rally behind again. And Bernie, I'm with Pat. Bernie's the one exception I'll make because again, he will actually show up at a warehouse and be like, "Who wants to chain themselves to some machinery?" Like <laughs> <laughs> Bernie's fucking down. Um, but even he fails, and that's the thing. It's like so if the most down fucking dude we have will still crumble at the might of the Democratic Liberal Party, then there is no hope in reform. It's a numbers game there still, right? Like 
because of the fact that we still have so few progressives elected to office, Pelosi can do the shit that she's doing, which is scaring people like AOC into towing the line. And, you know, until we have a, a block that can actually push back hard enough to scare Pelosi into giving them some leeway, we're going to be Yeah, but that block will be statement. defunded and, and they'll support conservative Democrats even at the local level. Like, that's the thing is this runs so deep is the Democrats spend millions of dollars making sure that even grassroots movements can't succeed. I think I agree with you because in my own experience running for city council, the Democrats, they, they will not like, I was a little too progressive for the district that I ran for. And so I think I got a check for 150 bucks and a, well, good luck. And that was the extent of support that they gave for me on the other side of town. There was this very conservative, you know, um, I think she was a project manager who ran also a Democrat. Um, they put the full support through for her. You know, they had people out precinct walking. And so they'll do it not only by defunding, well, not just, you know, underfunding, but defunding you, but they also just will not show up. You know, I mean, like I said, they don't want to do that grassroots level of work unless it's somebody who's very, very, very central, you know, central or conservative Democrat. They will not come out because they want they want to go to their garden parties. I'm telling you, every Democratic group has a fucking garden party every year. And I get every one of their emails inviting me to their garden party. And I'm like. Is this all you fucking do? Yes, that is really all they do. Oh, I'm sorry. I just got a breaking news alert as we're doing this. Uh, Texas has now blocked abortion. Oh. They just yeah, put the, a- they just they just lifted the ban for the 1925 ruling. Oh yeah, I see that Supreme Court just wrapped up. Uh, yeah. Yep. So Texas is now an abortion-free state. Yeah. Because women aren't people. Luckily, they can get pretty high-quality health care just south of the border in Mexico. So like, and abortions. Yeah, if you can right, get right. there. If you can Which, get there. Which, by the way, people like calling the Republicans and the conservatives the American Taliban. The Taliban uh, allows for abortion in instances of rape. Yeah, we yeah, are literally worse than the Taliban. The health and of the mean, mother. Like, someone tried to slander someone and said, "Like, try to have that done in Iran," and she was like, "I would have been able to." Like, this, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, I was saying, just think about that. I saw a video that. Actually, I think TikTok or Twitter took it down because the woman on it was talking about how you can, the Taliban allows for abortion. And these social media companies took this video down as misinformation. And I'm like, wait a minute, but that's true. You, the Taliban has more progressive policies on abortion now than some states in in the United States like, what the fuck are we doing, you know? And I think that's just the start, too. I completely agree. Our right is as bad as it gets. This is, I mean, we, the Supreme Court has also allowed, fuck it now, uh, tax dollars to be used to fund private religious schools. We don't have a fourth, we don't have, we, we, we lost our, uh, our fifth or fourth and fifth amendment rights within a hundred miles of the border. Uh, we've decided Miranda rights aren't suable anymore. Like, We've decided the federal government can't can't really enforce any climate change laws either. So we're just yeah. totally screwed. And they just took up a case that more I'm sorry, more versus Harper case. I don't know if you guys saw the news about that. The Supreme Court 
announced, I think Thursday or Friday, that they're taking up this case, Moore versus Harper, ahead of the 2024 election. And essentially, it would allow for um, individual state legislators to overrule um, the popular vote. So like, say, in 2020, when Trump, you know, they, it got down to Georgia, right? And Trump was calling and bullying the Secretary of State or whatever. But Biden won Georgia. If the Supreme Court favors in favor of the legislature in this Moore versus Harper case, the state legislature of Georgia could just be like, well, fuck the popular vote. We decided we're giving our electors to Trump anyway. Right. They can wipe out the electors and, and appoint yeah. their, a whole new slate of electors if they want. That's it, going to happen. Like that's because yeah. that's been in the playbook for a while now. And if the Supreme Court doesn't do that this cycle, it's going to happen in our lifetimes. Like elections are going to be taken away very soon. Yeah. Like th- that's why whenever I hear people talk about voting and it's like, fuck your voting, like vote again, voting can do damage re- reduction, which is great. Like I'm never going to say don't show up to the polls. Because you should show up to the polls because the polls do things like feed children and uh, and allow for school funding and infrastructure funding, things that actually feed, clothe, house, and keep people alive. You should always go and vote because it fucking matters and good gets done and lives get saved. However, voting can do good. It will not solve the problem. And this idea that we can just elect our way out of this is wrong. I'm sorry. There's a fascist takeover happening. And it's like, again, I've been saying this for years. People always saying like, well, you know, if I lived in 1931 Germany, it's like you wouldn't have done shit yeah. <laughs> because it's happening fucking now. The brown shirts are red hats. We have people marching with tiki torches. We have laws that say you can run over protesters you don't like. Women don't have rights over their bodies. The Supreme Court decided this week that the federal government and state governments can prosecute crimes on native soil, which is against the treaty doctrines. Like, again, we have concentration camps at the fucking borders. Like, it's like this gets old, but it's the same shit. We are living in a fascist police state. Your pussy hat isn't going to solve that. Neither is your garden party. It's just not. It's not going to fucking fix it. It never will. And as soon and, and and nothing will change as long as people still have the idea that we can vote our way out of this ever at any time. Like right. there's just it's not going to ever be a solution. Bringing a colander to a sinking ship is not going to bail it out. There, there are two points that push back against the voting will solve it argument, which one is the campaign finance system that we have. It's just ludicrous. It's legalized bribery is what it is. Yeah. And well, then, and wait, real quick. Don't forget, Pat. You saw that what the Supreme Court said a couple weeks ago on that one, right? That now it's not just unlimited campaign donations. You can donate after the election is over. Jesus. Yeah, and, you could just but, keep writing checks. But the second point is, is what Republicans have done just – Recently, like they've realized the Supreme Court is kind of out of touch and and beyond rebuke in some ways. So they've got all these things done through the Supreme Court because they knew that there would be blowback if they tried to do this legislatively. So it's just when you have something like that, all these massive setbacks that can be accomplished through an unelected body, then then really like you have to question what what is it? What good is it going to do to mobilize the vote? 
Right. Couldn't agree more. Like there's just at a certain point, it's like it's no longer. And and this is this shouldn't have surprised anyone. Trump campaigned on this. He campaigned saying, hey, I'm going to put so many federal judges in. It's going to be fucking great. Zeke Heil. We're going to have federal judges fucking everywhere. I'm going to pack all of our courts with people who believe us. And he even said it also when he was campaigning that he was picking Supreme Court picks from the Heritage Foundation, which is. They exist solely to stop Roe v. Wade. Like he was literally saying, I am pulling picks from the anti-abortion lobby. We, The fact that Democrats are sitting here going, I, I, I didn't know that was coming. Who would have known? I did. Everyone fucking did. Everyone but you fucking saw this coming. And his federal judgeship picks were actually the American Bar Association stood up in multiple occasions and said, these judges are, are unqualified and they were way younger than typically they are so that they have, you know, decades more on, on the benches yep. that they've been appointed to. And for the American Bar Association to stand up and say, like, these people are not qualified. This is not a good choice. It, that was unprecedented. So, Heather, give me some perspective here as we wrap this up, like, because here's a whole bunch of cis white men talking about how fucking devastated they are by this like how are you maintaining your sanity with a government that has decided you're not a human being so (laughs) i think that's probably not entirely happening first of all fair um i would joke like well a lot of xanax but um (laughs) I, i mean for myself personally you know um I'm in California. And so for now, we're more protected in California than, you know, were we in Texas. And so I think that there is a little bit of a disconnect still for me personally, or because of that. Um, But that could change, right? If the Republican Party takes over in the fall, you know, they've already promised that they will put a federal ban put a federal ban on abortion and so then it really doesn't fucking matter where i am right yeah um but i think that um it makes it more complicated because i have two daughters 18 and 14 and so rather than like think about you know what this means in the big picture about abortion rights i had to start thinking about like okay, well, where can my daughters travel to safely? And my oldest daughter, she's 18. And she, um, you know, she was offered some scholarships to a couple schools, um, one in Texas, one on the East Coast in Virginia. Uh, And so I had to start thinking, well, is it going to be safe for her to go to school in Texas? No. Would it be safe for her to go to school, you know, in a blue state, but she would be traveling for sports. So is it going to be safe for her? Like, you have to start thinking about all this like complexity of life. And it's like, you know, COVID made life difficult already and more complicated. And now this has just made everything. There's like more layers, you know, had to have them delete their period tracking apps, had to teach them not to be Googling about things like that. It just, it makes it more fucking complicated and exhausting, you know? And I think that my experience as a woman in America is that women are just They're not supported, not just in like our reproductive rights, but just in general. It's exhausting (laughs) being a mom 
And now this has to be on our, you know, in the forefront of our mind too. And I don't know that every woman is thinking that way. Um, And so I think that exhausted is probably the best way to actually directly answer your question is just feeling exhausted because it's more bullshit we have to worry about and think about and plan out. And especially as a mom, you know, the logistics for my kids Um, And it doesn't leave you with a lot of hope. And I can see, like I was talking about Gen Z and my 18-year-old, she just voted for her first time. And now I don't know that she's going to have a lot of motivation or any candidates that she's going to feel passionate about to vote for in November. Now, am I going to encourage her to vote or tell her she has to vote or, you know, just drive her to the polls myself? Probably. But, I mean, I also, like, recognize where is anyone standing up for them? Right. Um, and yeah, I think, I think I'm still in a little bit of shock too about it because it's just, it's like I've, I personally have always had reproductive rights. So to have that taken away and for have people to have people like say it, like you just said, what did you say that we are less than or second class? Yeah, you're second class yeah. citizens, or that you don't even have body autonomy, which makes you subhuman. Yeah. yeah, it's true, but also at the same time, I mean, there's so many other things like we don't get paid family leave to maternity leave. You know, we don't always have access to health care. Um, you know, anybody that's been through. Um, Family law knows that women are actually, you know, domestic violence victims. They, you know, kind of treated like second class citizens too. Um, the burden of proof, you know, you basically have to have blood on the ground uh, to prove that you were abused as a woman. So I don't know that it really changed a lot either in that regard. Um, this is kind of just more of the same for women. Yeah. You know, but also, again, like it's just there's it's more difficult. Like I won't travel through Texas because what if something happens to one of my kids and they're with me? And, you know, I mean, they, they they've gone so far with it, like checking. I was reading that they they could start che- having you take a pregnancy test at the border. Like what the fuck? Like who wants to even do that? <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> why 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 even do it it's you know, like why fuck even no go I, I will that? not come in i'm not going yeah. into your state and, and so to that to that point it's also a little bit isolating because i don't feel like it, it's safe to leave california now you know yeah. um or to let my daughters leave california and then that speaks to a bigger you know conversation so um i, I think you're right there actually that, and that's a, you bring up another good point too i think that's part of the reason why we see such little in action because i think there's definitely this idea for liberals especially it's like oh i live in california so you yeah. know yeah this sucks federally but i'm okay and people yeah. in new york same way i think there's there's too much of that as well it's you have the privilege of living in one of these sanctuary states that isn't going to rip your rights away and so yeah, you're going to have your moment of getting angry, but since you're you're ultimately not effective, you don't want to take any action. And yeah. this is where that that lack of empathy, I think, on, on on the liberal side comes into it as well. Yeah, and then I also think I also think just again, like just as I'm like answering this out loud, I'm just thinking about how like again, like so many things in daily life as a woman and as an adult woman, like we have to deal with, like not 
having paid family leave. Like I have a friend that had a baby and she went back to work six days later because she just, wow. she had no time off. That's fucking crazy. It was fucked up. It was in the Midwest. And so I think a lot of us, like, it was just like, oh, there's a lot of just, well, we're used to it, you know? Even down to pants. Your, your pants don't have pockets. What the fuck is that? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> and, and again, we're getting petty here, but you hit on a point. Like I, I tell my wife all the time. It's fucking true. Women get the biggest screwed over when it comes to fashion. You have no yeah. functionality in your clothes. And oftentimes the less fabric they use, the more they charge you. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard of. Like there are times where my wife's put on my pants and they fit her better than, than her own pants do. Yeah. yeah. It's not a wonder when women get excited about pockets in their dress. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think about that all the time. I have a friend that posts every time she finds a dress with pockets, she buys it and then she posts about it on Instagram. And I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, this is what we're celebrating. You know, right before um, a couple months ago, um, so before like the the leak even with Roe versus Wade um, came out, um, I was rejected from a doctoral program that I had applied to. And the reason that they gave me very honestly was, you know, you have three kids, you're very busy. And that kind of thing is just like, that's just a part of what the- we, we don't think you'll have enough time. Yeah, is, that's is exactly that literally what, what they were saying. Yes. Yeah, that's fucking ridiculous. So you've got three kids and you were able to get a master's and have yeah. all the success with that. But because it's now a doctoral program, yeah. somehow you're not going to be able to do it. But this is like this is just like all of these little things. They're just little things, but they add up. And so when something like Roe gets struck down, you're like. Well, that's another thing, you know, yeah, I'm angry and yeah, I am protected here in California for now, but it's just another thing and it's unfortunate. I'm sure I personally will be a lot more upset when it is struck down federally or when they ban it federally, because I know that that that's going to happen because I think you're right to, to your point, Matt, the Republicans are going to fucking destroy this November. We're all on the same page. Watch how fast the. Watch how, yeah, the filibuster they give that up. And abortion will be banned federally. And then it really doesn't matter how much, you know, Newsom goes up and codifies women's rights and talks, you know, I mean, he calls out the DNC for not doing anything. None of that will fucking matter. Yeah, I mean, I have I'm I am a cis white male, but I have four daughters and uh this is just terrified me. It's such I just I, I've been despondent and angry and just vacillating back and forth. And I think Heather makes a great point about what state you live in. I live in Massachusetts, which is, you know, to be honest, dominated by centrist Democrats. But at least, you know, we know that certain things are protected and, and that we have a robust uh, state Medicaid program that, you know, if, if you don't have a job, you have very good health care in Massachusetts. Um, but you know, you make a great point, Heather, what happens when Republicans do take the house because they've shown their constituency that they're fighting for them, right? It's, it's just such a basic, you know, desire among voters is that we just want to see the people that we've voted for really put in a fight for us. And, and Biden, like we said before, is doing less than nothing on our behalf. And so that's, that's where we stand. I think that, I think that. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I think that Jen, the one thing I was thinking about with my daughter, who's 
who I said she just voted in the primary, the California primary, for the first time because she just turned 18. They're more transactional. Like, they want results for what they've done. Like, their relationships are two-way street. They do not accept one-way relationships. I just don't see them having much going for them. You know, who who is standing up for them? I, I don't see anyone. So... Yeah. And life is more difficult for them too. I mean, I, I'm talking about how, like, how as a mom, I have to worry about, you know, where my kid goes to college. My kid's thinking that way too. She's asking herself, well, do I, do I want to accept this scholarship now? Cause what if, what if I'm the one of three women who is raped at school? I mean, just even thinking like that. But what if that happens? And I'm at And that's school. numbers we know of. Yeah. And exactly. all while that's going on, they're seeing record heat waves in India and Pakistan. They're seeing Arctic yep. sea ice melting. And they're seeing Biden announce that just in the interest of gas prices in the fucking midterms, he's going to try to issue more permits to drill in Alaska and the Gulf of Mexico, which wouldn't even touch gas prices. And Elon Musk and Bill Gates are buying up all the rare earth minerals and water sources on the planet. Like, we are going to have resource wars of feudalism. Speaking yeah. of giving me hope, though, there was a, a valed- <laughs> no, no, there was a valedictorian in L.A. Um, who got up and, and just spewed vitriol at the Gates Foundation and at the fact that, the, you know, the uh, the Los Angeles Unified School District is now half charter schools. And I was just as a teacher of traditional in traditional urban public schools, I was so I mean, my heart was warm to hear him say all this. Yeah, and they tried I to saw cut it on TikTok. It was they amazing. They tried to cut his mic, and and the crowd was like, "Let him speak, let him speak." And out of fear of what the crowd would do, they turned his mic back on. Just beautiful wow. stuff. Beautiful stuff. Yeah, because fears, fear surprisingly is a good motivator for those in power. Who would have thunk when they're afraid of getting the shit kicked out of them or getting <laughs> killed? It's amazing how quickly they act to act to just calm people down. It's almost like violence is really the only way to get what you want. I, I, I think we need to give the, uh, say this kid's name. Uh, I need to find the tweet, but just to give listeners one hopeful thing to take away and maybe check out this video because it's really worth it. Uh, I just want to get that name for, before we sign out here because it it is worth checking out but isn't fear isn't fear to your point about fear isn't that kind of why the democrats aren't doing anything about you know anything (laughs) i mean again it doesn't behoove them well and they're afraid of their their donors losing interest in them or yeah that's just it because the the idea of losing money and power is the is the real fear that they have and that's not caused by us that's caused by their donors yeah so and that's kind of again another reason why i've switched over to the revolutionary side of things because there is nothing we can do financially to hurt them they're going to win every time because we've shown that they're going to win every time they have to fear they have to fear the base to the point that that fear is greater than the fear caused by losing their donors. Yep. And until that happens, they will not change their tactics. Even now, like there's a reason why all they did, like AOC pointed this out. I'll give her credit for that. Is like they had a fundraising plan in place for this thing. They had no action plans. They still don't. There's a reason for that because that is where their focus is. They do not have any fear of the elector- electorate. They have no fear of the voting base. 
because they win every time. These tactics work. They have to lose. They have to lose repeatedly, and they have to start fearing for their lives. That is the only way, hypothetically, that a politician will ever do what the masses want, at least on the left. Yeah. If this had happened in France, France would be on fire right now. I I mean, they literally rioted throughout every single major city when the country was changing the way their pension plans paid out. If they had taken away women's rights to body autonomy in France or in the UK, Big Ben would be burning right now. And I think we need that energy here. And I'm not seeing it. I got to tell you, I'm literally looking for decent protests to go to on the 4th of July. And there's none. I can't find any that aren't pussy hat parties. Um, Yeah. Memes and TikToks. Memes and TikToks. This student's name is Valedictorian. His name was Axel, like A-X-E-L, Brito, B-R-I-T-O. And his speech is is really worth checking out. So if you are feeling despondent after listening to this episode, as most uh, most of us are, <laughs> um, check it out. Because he calls out uh, members of the school board by name. Yep. Uh, it just really. And they even really, physically try to get him off stage and he won't go. It's an amazing video. It's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's only like five minutes. minutes long. Yeah, it's worth it's your awesome. time. Well, you guys are amazing. Thank you for being here with us. I know this was not the happiest of talk. Like, I promise we will have you on when it's time to talk about, you know, unicorns and oral, but like everything sucks right now. Um, and I uh, thank you for being here on the depression wagon. I, <laughs> I really <laughs> appreciate it. Um, but guys, if. You, by the way, like these two, which, again, I, I brought Pat and Heather on here because I've interacted with them on 805 before. Um, I love these guys. Uh, they are amazing. Uh, Heather has wonderful insight and um, has an amazing opinion on almost every single take, uh, even when a, we disagree. She's a, gifted, she's a gifted writer, too. She writes really she well. She is. She Agreed. absolutely yeah. is. Check out her Twitter, by the way. So for real quick, check out Heather's Twitter, uh, which is Schmidt Talks. It's at Heather Writes, and that's with three S's. So H-E-A-T-H-E-R, and then write W-R-I-T-E-S-S-S. Uh, you can check out her Twitter. You can also find her on SchmidtTalks.com. That's S-C-H-M-I-D-T, like tango, another T, A-L-K-S, SchmidtTalks.com. Uh, she is gifted. She's amazing. I really appreciate you making some time for us. Uh, and for also. Yeah, and also check out Pat. Uh, he runs the uh, Trickle Down Socialism uh, podcast. Um, you can find them on trickledownsocialism.com. Uh, you can also find him on Twitter at profpatch83. He is a gifted historian and another intellectual powerhouse I really enjoy talking to. So thank you guys for, for, for classing up the joint. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us on. It was fun to see you all operate as a team. It's, it's a cool podcast you got going here. Yeah, it was oh, great. Thank you. Thanks for well, thank you. We guys. will we will harass you guys and drag you back here again. And uh, until next week, everybody, remember, don't just listen to me. Everything's terrible. Uh, Pat and Heather have good points. Um, we can stick together. There can be a future. Uh, organize. And that doesn't mean pussy hats. I mean, organize with fellow leftists and people in your community. Talk to your fucking neighbors, because uh, that's how we're going to get out of this is through unity and being together against this fascist gender fascism front that we're facing right now. Um, so and throw some remember bricks. the words, throw yeah. some bricks, <laughs> do some stuff, make some soup make for some your messes. families. Yeah, soup for your family um, and take care of yourselves and take care of each other. And remember that the revolution is you.